Tonight, the father of a little boy mauled by a cougar tells us how the boy's mother likely saved the child's life. Plus, 10,000 signatures saying enough really was enough. Maple Ridge residents say no to the province's homelessness solution. Why it has the potential to upset the balance of power for the NDP. And we're just commenting on how uh, how early it is to have a grass fire here, but it's uh, as you can see, the grass behind me is tender dry. And it's only March, but why firefighters are already warning about an early fire season. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at six. Good evening, I'm Colleen Christie. Thanks for joining us. The homelessness crisis in Maple Ridge sparked a protest today. Hundreds showing their outrage with the provincial government over its plans to build a low barrier modular housing complex in their community. Jill Bennett has more. Hello, Mr. Premier. This is Maple Ridge and all of its citizens. And we have a message for you. Not all of the citizens, but a large crowd gathered Saturday to send a clear message to the BC government. They don't want a low barrier shelter built on Burnett Street. We don't want low barrier housing. We want more treatment facilities. It's a drug problem, not a homeless problem. The city shut down Anita Place earlier this year. After a series of fires and incidents, the tent city was deemed unsafe. But the province says Maple Ridge isn't doing enough now to house the homeless, so it's stepping in with low barrier modular housing. We need a plan. The minister's moving ahead. That's part of our obligation to the, the, the homeless people. We have to act, and so she's acting. But Maple Ridge's mayor says the housing minister is forcing through a project that isn't wanted and won't work. We just don't want any more low barrier shelters because we've done more than our share and they're not working, they're not helping people and people are dying. The mayor also shared a personal connection saying he watched his 34 year old son who was now sober battle a drug addiction for 10 years. I've seen it in my own house. Drugs destroy families, destroy people. Former addict who spoke at the rally said for him, a low barrier shelter wouldn't have helped. If there's one person in that room wants to be sober and everybody else is doing drugs in there, there's no support. While there were a couple of heated disagreements, there was also clear frustration from those calling for long-term treatment. We have people stealing our stuff every single night and we are done. The province plans to start building the 51-bed facility in the next few weeks, with homeless people moving in well before winter. Our city, our choice! Jill Bennett, Global News. And Keith Baldry joins us now with more on this issue. Keith, if this rift isn't resolved and soon, it could have an impact on the outcome of the next provincial election. Is that what you're telling us? Indeed, Colleen, because Maple Ridge historically has been a, a, one of the most closely contested battlegrounds in the entire province. The seats there, there are two ridings in play. They trade back and forth between the two, two parties every election. And some of the most closely contested battles have been in that, that area. And really, the NDP would not be in power today unless it had won those two Maple Ridge ridings in the 2017 election. So to, to show just how close these, these elections are, take a look at some of these numbers here. First, as I mentioned, uh, these seats trade back and forth between the NDP and the BC Liberals. The average margin of victory in Maple Ridge Mission for the last three elections, just 630 votes, including one election that was decided by less than 70 votes. The average margin next door in Maple Ridge Pitt Meadows, 837 votes. So very tight battles. Uh, now you can add this uh, protest over the homelessness issue in there to the mix. Now the NDP is in government 
They're going to be on the defensive here rather than the B.C. Liberals who are now in opposition. So this issue could very well determine the outcome of the next provincial election if the ridings continue to be as tightly contested as they were in 2017. It's a very tight electoral map. The NDP cannot afford to lose these two ridings. So look for Selena Robinson and John Horgan, I think, to pay a little extra time trying to sort out the problems in that municipality. For sure. All right. Thanks so much for that, Keith. We are learning more tonight about a cougar attack on Vancouver Island and what may have led to it. A little boy who was mauled by a big cat is now recovering from the ordeal at home. Tonight, Julia Foy speaks to the child's father and discovers it was likely the boy's mother who saved his life. The Bromley family of Lake Cowichan is shaken but recovering after seven-year-old Zach was attacked at the side of his lakeside house by something he thought was a dog. It turned out to be a cougar. As it sort of overcame Zach, it um, lashed, cl- clamped onto his left forearm. And then, then mom was just inside, not too far, 20, 20 yards away, and she heard sort of the struggle. Mom Chelsea ran outside and jumped on the cougar's back and turned to heaven for help. It just wouldn't let go of his forearm. So it, did, you know, it, it bit onto his arm. And so she then had to pry this, this, this cougar's jaw open. And she said, I don't know, she's just adamant that she couldn't do it for like, you know, two, three seconds or four or five seconds. I'm not sure how long. But then she just did the classic, oh God, you know, please help. And then, and then, uh, and then it, you know, just it let go and then it just took off and then there was just blood everywhere and so she took him inside. Emergency crews raced to the scene and Zach was taken to hospital with wounds to his head and arm. Meanwhile, conservation officers hunted down two young cougars who were still lurking in the area. The animals were destroyed and their bodies will be sent for a necropsy. Both cats, uh, from the first look, uh, they're quite thin. Um, they're young cats, you know, um, not looking like they're doing very well. And so, um, and, and this has happened uh, sometimes in the past where... Dad Kevin Bromley says the family is still suffering from shock, but the quick action of ambulance crews and doctors give them hope Zach will make a full recovery. Chelsea says Zach is a brave little boy, and she thanks God for sparing his life. Julia Foy, Global News. A motor shop in Richmond has gone up in flames. It happened in the 8100 block of Capstan Way just after 6.30 this morning. 26 firefighters were called to the scene. It took a couple of hours to get the fire under control. A number of vehicles and materials inside the building were damaged. So far, no word on a cause. There's a number of vehicles inside of the building and uh, they were involved. Uh, and they've got a high fuel load with the gasoline in them, the tires, uh, and in an auto body shop, we tend to have a lot of flammable liquids as well. A reminder from firefighters about just how dry it is in parts of the province right now. Cranbrook firefighters spent this morning mopping out a brush fire that started burning north of St. Mary's River late yesterday. Fortunately, crews managed to knock it down before it reached homes in the area. In the Peace region, a conservation officer was first on the scene of another brush fire near Fort St. James. Firefighters are warning the public that our early spring comes with very dry conditions that could lead to another busy wildfire season. And a brush fire in Burnaby overnight is prompting an early warning about dangerously dry conditions. Crews say a third of an acre was engulfed in flames in Deer Lake Park near Oakmont Crescent just after midnight. 
They contained the blaze quickly, which is a good thing, as it was close to some houses. Crews say it's odd for a brush fire to ignite this early in the year. We're just commenting on how uh, how early it is to have a grass fire here, but it's uh, as you can see, the grass behind me is tinder dry. Uh, there has been reports of uh, there was uh, people uh, firing firing off, uh, letting off, excuse me, uh, fireworks, and uh, that may have been the cause. Elsewhere in the province, it's too much water that's the concern. People living in a community near Karameos have been dealing with floodwaters for the last year. Jules Knox has more. Looking at this, Jules, it makes me cry. I just, it's awful. A wall of sandbags, all that's holding the line against the lake. It's devastating. Sandra Hawthorne has watched as the water inches closer and closer. In our front yard here, it's more than six feet higher than what it should be. Uh, it's compromising our house, all the properties along here. And Hawthorne says it's been like this for months, since last year's spring runoff. It never went down. This wall has been up for a year. We've been rebuilding it, trying to keep the water out, but we're only starting the runoff. It's going to come up higher. Disheartening is very frustrating. Patricia Carvalho's Japanese gardens, bar and pump house all swamped. And her neighbours are faring even worse. He had to buy two commercial pumps. Hawthorne says there used to be a culvert that drained out of the lake and it's been plugged somehow. But the regional district and transportation ministry aren't so sure. MOTI and the landowners are working together to identify if there is, in fact, a culvert. Uh, however, records have indicated that there is not. The regional district says its main priority is protecting primary residences. And while Hawthorne lived here for a decade, she built a new home on the property a few years ago. That makes this one a secondary residence and, according to the regional district, her responsibility. It's really hard to look at what was and all the work we've done here just being taken away. And she's hoping either the province or the regional district will take action before the bulk of the spring runoff arrives and it's too late. Jules Knox, Global News, Twin Lakes. Bob Chamberlain is now the federal NDP's candidate in Nanaimo Ladysmith. The former vice president of the Union of BC Indian Chiefs was officially nominated today to run for the NDP in the 2019 by-election. Nanaimo Ladysmith voters will cast their ballots on May 6th for the next MP. The riding was vacated in January by NDP MP Sheila Malcolmson, who left her seat in Parliament to successfully run in the provincial by-election in Nanaimo. A B.C. man was one of thousands stranded overnight during the start of a three-day rave in Miami, Florida. The Ultra Music Festival got off to a bit of a rough start at its new venue. As Kristen Robinson reports, chaos erupted when concertgoers tried to leave after the first day. Let's go! The entertainment kept things moving. I think the concert was awesome. The concert went off without a hitch. But when the music stopped, chaos broke out. Everything started to really go wrong when everybody tried to leave the festival. This year's Ultra Music Festival playing at a new venue. The Virginia Key, a small island near Miami. The Rickenbacker Causeway, the only route on and off the island by vehicle. There's only one way 
in or out. 2 a.m. Saturday, the 230 designated shuttles packed as more than 50,000 festival goers tried to get out at the same time. Everyone was bum rushing the line trying to get to the front of the line to try and get up to the front for the shuttles. It was chaos. They didn't get far. White Rock's Alexander Kerrigan among the thousands waiting for hours. Caught in the pedestrian crush, the AM730 traffic anchor eventually walking nearly five kilometers across the bridge to get back to the mainland. You had a lot of younger people. You have a place with a lot of alcohol. People have been jumping and bouncing for eight, nine hours in the sun. People were frustrated. We knew that was going to be our challenge. Ultrafest promising to fix transportation to and from the new site as it apologized for the nightmare. We recognize that we have to make adjustments and uh, improve the way uh, our plan is working. Kerrigan now reconsidering traveling for festivals, especially those debuting on an island with only one way out. Kristen Robinson, Global News. One man is in custody after a terrifying incident at a sporting event in Surrey this afternoon. Just before 2 o'clock, Surrey RCMP were called about a man with a gun near the Newton Athletic Park. A large sporting event was taking place at the time. The suspect was located and arrested for various offenses. Police say the gun was an imitation, but to witnesses panicked by the incident, it looked very real. There's panic. You can hear panic people's voices. You could see uh, adults picking up kids, um, bags being left and scattered around. Uh, and then you could hear some people screaming for their kids' names and all that. And you started hearing the words, you know, gun and sometimes shooter. Um, and that's where the panic really started to set in. Well, there were hundreds of people at the athletic park at the time of the incident. RCMP say the investigation is still in its early stages, but there is no risk to the public. Metro Vancouver's first pod hotel is set to open in Richmond next week. The Panda Pod Hotel on Number 3 Road is offering cheap, tiny sleeping spaces to budget travelers. Its 64 single occupancy pods are split into male and female dorms stacked too high with privacy screens, a folding table, and hangers for clothing. Capsule hotels are popular in Tokyo and New York. In 2017, Canada's first pod hotel opened in Whistler. The Panda Pods, which can handle a maximum weight of 220 pounds, will go for $59 a night this summer. A special experience for several families on Mount Seymour today. The first annual Autism Snowboard Day. It offers families living with autism the opportunity to enjoy a unique experience in an inclusive environment. The event is organized by SUPA, or the Surfs Up for Autism Society, which also hosts an annual surf camp in Tofino. The grassroots organization was started by a Surrey family to provide a rare chance for children to participate for free in select sports with full support. It's an experience to try something different, something new, something they wouldn't think they'd try, right? Their parents may be a little hesitant taking them out there. Um, also, we have support staff here as well as instructors. So the kids with autism, they get a support uh, person as well as an instructor. So it's a two to one. So the day is really catered. The kindness of strangers has given a dog in Abbotsford a, a leg up, so to speak. Roo is a rescue dog from Iran and only has two legs. But as Nadia Stewart reports, thanks to a social media campaign, Roo is now getting around on three limbs. Good girl! 
Good girl. Good running. Up until a few days ago, running was something Rue couldn't do. But thanks to her new prosthetic leg. She just took off. The first couple steps were kind of weird. She was like, this is what is this? And then she just she just went. Rue was born with both her back legs, but her front legs were just stumped. When the Horncastles took her in as foster parents, they would wheel her around in a cart. But they knew in order to really change her life, it would mean giving her the gift of mobility. She had um, one little toe bone that was stuck out of the side of her three-quarter length leg, and she couldn't really put all her weight on it because it was I think it was probably painful for her. They amputated that toe so it would fit into the prosthetic really well. And when it healed up, we were able to get the prosthetic on and a nice snug fit. Rue's first home was Iran, where she was born. She came to Canada as a rescue dog, where thanks to the kindness of strangers, she was able to get a leg up. Close to 100 people donated over $4,000 through a GoFundMe campaign. Rue's story is very similar to that of another disabled dog. <coughs> Muggsy came to BC from Iran thanks to the loved at last dog rescue. Disabled dogs are just the most amazing creatures. They're just so grateful for everything because they've had a tough life. Olsen works with three different rescuers in Iran to help dogs find homes in BC. She says the dogs, including Rue, are resilient. I, I just am so impressed with Rue's spirit. Nothing ever got that girl down. Nothing. I think it, for her, it's going to be just as if she never didn't have a front leg. Nadia Stork, Global News. Yvonne and Barry are here now. Isn't that amazing? Great story. That prosthetic is so cool. Heartwarming. Yeah, it really is. Beautiful day to be out with your dog or, or just about anybody else today. Yes, if you're enjoying the sunshine today, it is fantastic. Uh, temperatures have bumped up for many areas across the south coast. Uh, we've seen a range between 14, 15 degrees and areas away from the water, even getting closer to 18 today. A look outside of what it looks like. Uh, we are seeing the sunshine. A few clouds are going to roll in for tomorrow, so it should be a partly cloudy day. Temperatures will be the same, so very pleasant once again. Now, a change is on the way. I'll outline what it looks like for back to work, back to school. I was going to say work, maybe for some as well. Yeah. <laughs> some people are off for back to school on Monday, and uh, where we're going to start to see the return for some rainfall too. Oh, that's right. Spring break is over. Mm -hmm. Yes. yes. Wow. Parents Things are rejoicing. <laughs> you know, it's only two weeks, two years, whatever how it feels. So, you know. Uh, but what do you got coming up okay, there? Yeah, <laughs> Dig I, yourself shall out I of just this. continue? On? Uh, yeah, very busy night tonight uh, downtown because at BC Place it's the Whitecaps at seven, Rogers Arena it's the Canucks at seven against Dallas. We'll preview both of those games. Uh, last week of the NHL season, a week from tonight, regular season's over. So there's a few teams, including Canadian Montreal Canadiens, fighting for a playoff spot. We'll have highlights of that. And uh, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy went head-to-head. -head. March Madness, tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. Busy, busy day in sports. All right, thanks, Barry. A phone call recorded by former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould is getting some pushback since being released on Friday. Wilson-Raybould acknowledged to the Commons Justice Committee that it was inappropriate for her to record a phone conversation with Privy Council Chief Michael Wernick. But she made a recording and submitted it in order to back her claims that she was being pressured to give a break to engineering firm SNC-Lavalin on criminal charges. Legal experts are pointing out the Code of Conduct for the Law Society of Ontario prohibits a lawyer from recording a client without their permission. And there are also growing calls within the Liberal Party for Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott, who quit Cabinet in solidarity, to be ejected from caucus.
A registered nurse in New Brunswick has been fired and is under criminal investigation. She's suspected of giving two pregnant women a labor-inducing drug, prompting them to undergo emergency C-sections. The chief of staff at Moncton City Hospital says the nurse was dismissed following an internal investigation. She's alleged to have been inappropriately given the patient's oxytocin. A nurse can only administer that drug if a doctor prescribes it. The hospital says its staff reacted quickly and both mothers and their newborns are doing well. There is growing outrage over the Ontario government's decision to cut three overdose prevention sites in Toronto. The move is being condemned by both city officials and frontline workers who warn people could die. Matthew Bingley has the story. Yesterday I worked and we reversed six overdoses in three hours. It has es escalated exponentially. Zoe Dodd is among the many battling opioid addictions in the city, but the nightly wail of ambulances is a painful reminder the issue isn't going anywhere, which is why Dodd is so disappointed the Ford government is cutting support for overdose prevention sites in Toronto. We are in one of the worst health crises in the recent years, in our recent times, and it's taken the lives of thousands of people, and it needs emergency responses. According to Public Health Ontario, opioid overdoses killed more than 629 people in the province in the first six months of 2018. On Friday, Health Minister Christine Elliott announced the province will only continue funding 15 locations across Ontario, which means six already operating, including three in Toronto, will have to shut down Sunday at midnight. I cannot understand why a province would be this cruel. City Councillor and Chair of the Toronto Board of Health, Joe Cressy, calls the Ford government's move callous. The risk here is that people will walk in Monday morning expecting a safe place in a healthcare environment to stay alive and instead be told, walk around the corner and use an analogy. And, and that's the very, very reason we have these sites, is to keep people alive long enough that they have a chance to access treatment. Mayor John Tory is also speaking out against the cuts in a statement saying, such short notice seems unnecessary and at the very least, time extensions for the professional staff and clients should be considered. The right thing. Cressy says the federal government has stepped in to keep two overdose prevention sites open, but for now, they'll be operating without funding. Matthew Bingley, Global News. Two dozen people have now been killed by shrapnel from ejected Takata airbags. The latest death happened last June in Arizona. The 55-year-old male driver died three days after his 2002 Civic was involved in a crash near Phoenix. He is the 24th person to be killed by the faulty airbags. Honda says it was only told about the death recently. About 100 million of the airbags are being recalled around the world. The manufacturer has since gone into bankruptcy. An erratic driver in California caused chaos on a busy freeway last night. The driver going in the opposite direction of traffic on the I-5 freeway to try to escape police, several times slamming into other cars head on. When he couldn't get through the parked cars, he tried to play possum with officers before being apprehended by police. He was wanted for assault. This was the scene on Canada's busiest highway this morning. Drivers on the 401 in Mississauga were forced to navigate around a herd of cows. The animals were inside this transport truck, but they were freed when the vehicle struck a barrier late last night. The cows quickly began running down the highway, much to the surprise of drivers. 
And here's the exact reason why we shouldn't litter. A skunk in Massachusetts was photographed with its head stuck in a beer can. We don't know if it was intoxicated. Fortunately, someone from local wildlife center came to its rescue, managing to sedate the little guy and remove the can safely. Okay, that's cute. Absolutely adorable in Crimea. Two rare white lion cubs have been born. The male and female cubs arrived several days ago, but haven't been named yet. Their mother, Milady, became a mum for the second time after giving birth last year. There are only about 300 white lions in the world, many of them in captivity. Some bad news for Rolling Stones fans. The band has been forced to postpone their upcoming concerts in Canada and the U.S. because lead singer Mick Jagger is sick. The 75-year-old has been advised by doctors not to perform, but is expected to make a full recovery. His illness has not been disclosed. Jagger tweeted his apologies and promised that he will be back on stage as soon as he can. Fans have been told to hold on to their tickets as they'll be valid for rescheduled shows. The No Filter Tour was originally expected to start on April 20th in Miami. In health news tonight, the state of Hawaii is considering banning flavored e-cigarettes and tobaccos. The proposed move is to combat a spike in vaping amongst teens. If passed, Hawaii would be the first state to adopt such a ban. San Francisco was the first U.S. city to do so. Health officials are concerned increasing numbers of high school and middle school students are becoming addicted to nicotine through vaping. If you're down in the dumps, try being kind to others. A new study from Iowa State University finds wishing others well can boost your mood. People who were asked to think kind thoughts about others they encountered reported feeling happier, more caring, and less anxious. Not a bad idea. Have a look at this. Surveillance video captures the moments a tornado tosses trailers around in a Colorado storage yard like, like they're toys. Many of the motorhomes have been destroyed with debris scattered everywhere. Witnesses say they thought it was just a common dust devil and didn't realize it was an actual tornado. Oh, man, Yvonne, makes you grateful for, you know, maybe a little showers in the forecast. Yes, and the views that we've got, especially this evening and over the next couple of days. A beautiful shot right now of what we're seeing is a BC Place. Looks like it's open for uh, the game at 7 this evening. And the sunshine will continue uh, through the day tomorrow. 13 is what we're sitting at, a northwesterly wind at 7 kilometers per hour. And it's blossom, cherry blossom season. We've got a few submissions to show you. Great shots taken in Vancouver today and this was downtown from Shayla as well and beautiful right across into the southern half of the province interior region Sandra take, giving us this shot from Kelowna a look at our numbers today so 14 was the high we're above the average that sits at 12 areas away from the water today getting up to 17 and 18 degrees it'll be very similar for tomorrow so we're staying above that but as we round off the month of March we've had little precipitation and this will be the second driest on record with only nine days 
basis, the average is typically 18 days for the entire month. We typically see closer to a 114 millimeters. We've only seen closer to 34 millimeters, so a dry one. Also coming off of the coldest February, so quite a contrast. And in comparison to the previous years for our March, we did see more last year at 112. And in 2017, we had over 206 millimeters of rainfall. Highs today for Kamloops, getting up to 16 degrees. The peace with single digits in Prince Rupert up to 8. A current look at our numbers, 13 for areas near Whistler. Hope sitting at 19 degrees in areas near Squamish with their current temperature at 16. The peace at 7 in inland areas for Terrace at 14 degrees. Now, for the afternoon tomorrow, we will have some clouds working its way for the interior and a slight chance on the future cast. It'll be by late afternoon tomorrow that we could see isolated showers, areas near the Okanagan, southeastern corners, and along the island as well for the afternoon, and then it'll dissipate a nice clearing once again. We'll kick in for our Monday back to school. Across the province, starting off in the peace, we are going to see chilly temperatures overnight, wind chill at minus 6, and a mainly cloudy sky, but dry tomorrow. Areas near Whitehorse, sunny and dry over the next three days, and well above your average that sits at 3, getting up to 13. Along the north coast, a bit more cloud cover, a clearing by the afternoon. Areas away from the water will get up to 15. Caribou and central interior, it's really the overnight chilly once again at minus five and up to 10 through the day tomorrow. Columbia and Kootenai region, we could see a slight chance for a shower. That'll be for the afternoon and similar for the Thompson Okanagan, but temperatures once again getting into the double digits and pleasant at 14. Whistler will see that range between 14 areas near Pemberton will be up to 18 degrees and along the island, inland areas getting up to 18 paired with the sunshine. The island will see a chance of showers late for your Monday and Metro Vancouver will still see one more dry day on Monday. Rain pushing in towards the evening and then on Wednesday, Thursday, unsettled. So get out, Colleen, and enjoy the next couple of days. Tomorrow, very pleasant. Areas away from the water could get up to 19 degrees. Wow, nice. We'll take it. Thanks, Yvonne. We want to show you this, some spectacular footage of Mother Nature at work. Wow. Mexico's Popocatapetl volcano erupting last night, sending ash and smoke more than 2,500 meters into the sky. The yellow alert is now in place. The next alert level would prompt a mandatory evacuation. Some 25 million people live within about 100 kilometers of the mountain's crater. Places around the world are going dark to mark Earth Hour tonight. The India Gate War Memorial in New Delhi turning off the lights as part of a worldwide effort to conserve energy. More than 180 countries take part each year and tens of millions of people join in. Here at home, you're encouraged to unplug at 8.30. Barry's here with a look at sports tonight. And while the Canucks have been eliminated... Um, I think they've got one shining star that we want to be looking to. Yeah, it's funny how uh, we've all forgotten about Elias Pettersson now that uh, Quinn Hughes is coming. they got a lot of right? good young ones. Yes, yeah, they you know, do. The future looks positive. Be patient, Canucks fans. It's been 50 years. What's another <laughs> year, right? All right, thanks, Colleen. The, uh, the Canucks were officially eliminated from the playoffs last night. They still have four games to go, including tonight at home to Dallas. It is another chance to see Quinn Hughes after his sparkling NHL debut the other night. Hughes delivered all the goods in his first game, showing off his spectacular skating and passing skills. He's very impressive. And even so in the video, ro uh, video room after the uh, coaches broke down Quinn's opening game. We had five clips for him to uh, go over. And, and the thing about good players and smart players is they usually know when the clip's starting what you're going to show them. And, and that was the one thing that, you know, he let a guy get to the net. And, uh, you know, he knew right away when the clip started I, I had to get in front of him to make sure he didn't get there as clean. 
and uh, you know that's what you want really out of all your players that they know what, first of all when they've made a mistake so they can uh, not make it again. All right, NHL tonight, Habs in Winnipeg fighting for their playoff lives, tied with Columbus for the last playoff spot, but the Jackets own the tiebreaker and have played a less game, but uh, Canadians, pretty passing play, open the scoring. The former Jet, Joel Armia, made it one nothing, and then in the second, in the final minute, Jeff Petrie's slapper finds the range. It's now 2-1 Canadians very late in the third as Montreal looks to hang on there. Meanwhile, the Blue Jackets on the road, in Nashville, former Penticton V, Dante Fabro, Coquitlam product, NHL debut tonight. Just signed a three-year deal out of Boston University. Habs fans hoping the Preds can help them out, but tied at one in the first. David Savard from Artemi Panarin makes it 2-1 Columbus. And then with three seconds to go in the first, another great feed by Panarin. This one to Oliver Bjorkstand gets his 20th. 3-1 Columbus at that time, now 5-2 Blue Jackets late second. Carolina Hurricanes trying to make the playoffs for the first time since 2009, hosting the Flyers. First period, 1-0 Philly, but the Canes tie it. Tavo Teravainen will knock in a loose puck uh, from the slot there to make it 1-1. And then 21 seconds later, Dougie Hamilton will get his 16th of the year. More sloppy play from the Flyers. 2-1 Carolina, and it stayed that way into the third. And another Canes defenseman. Scores on the power play. Justin Falk with the one-timer. And Carolina win 5-2, solidifying their hold on the first wild card spot. They're three points up on both the Habs and Blue Jackets. Lightning and Capitals, a very possible Eastern Conference Finals preview. Steven Stamkos and the Lightning accepting the President's Trophy as top regular season team with 122 points already. But the Caps sending a message tonight. T.J. Oshie won't be denied. Cashing in the rebound in front. 3-0 Washington after one. Then Dmitry Orlov sets up Nick Backstrom with a great play. Backstrom's 20th made it 4-0 at that point. Tampa got a couple, but then Washington got another. And it's O.V. Ovechkin with his 50th of the season. Eighth time he's done that in his great career. 5-2 Caps late in the third. Last night in Langley, Vancouver Giants and Seattle T-Birds. Very pivotal game five in their first round series. Tied two games apiece. First period on the power play. Milos Roman shot tipped in by Jaden Joseph to make it 2-0 Vancouver. Seattle tied it, though. They've been coming back a lot in this series. But in the third, Bowen Byron with a great play. Who does he think he is? Quinn Hughes, great dangle. His shot stopped, but Dallas Hines there for the rebound. The game winner, Giants win it 3-2. They can win the series tonight in Seattle in game six, and that game's already underway. Bowen Byram has scored 1-0 Vancouver in the first period. The Whitecaps go in search of their first win of the season tonight at home against Seattle. Vancouver's off to their worst start ever in their brief MLS history at 0-3. Seattle's been perfect the other way with a 3-0 record, so a very real danger the Caps could dig the hole even deeper, but they're hoping playing their biggest rivals, rivals it will bring out their best game of the season. It's a big opportunity for us in front of our fans uh, to prove that uh, we're working hard. We are disappointed that we lost the first three games. And now in this uh, game against Seattle, the rivalry, the big one in Cascadia, we want to win. I guarantee you no, no player wants to lose this game. So uh, we're going to play hard. We're going to defend our city. And then, of course, we're going to try to win this game. To a post 
EPL Saturday, Fulham hosting Man City, second worst versus second best, and guess who won? Second best. City opens the scoring five minutes in. Bernardo Silva using the left boot, finding the corner, 1-0 Manchester City. And then in the 27th, Fulham showing why they will be relegated. A brutal turnover here, and it's Sergio Aguero taking full advantage, showing his quality, chipping it in. 2-0 the final as Man City jumps over Liverpool into first by a point. Liverpool host Tottenham tomorrow. And Manchester United hosting Watford at Old Trafford. 28th minute. United open the scoring. Marcus Rashford gets behind the defense and will coolly knock it over the keeper to make it 1-0 United. And then in the 72nd, uh, some chaos in front of the Watford goal. Keeper can't hold on and Anthony Martial will finish and United hold on to win it 2-1. So they are tied now with Tottenham for third with 61 points. Spurs have a game in hand. They'll play that one tomorrow against Liverpool. Welcome back. Tiger Woods certainly doesn't dominate the PGA Tour like he once did, but since his comeback from serious injury about a year ago, Tiger has shown he is capable on any given week to challenge for victories. And nobody draws eyes to the game like Woods, who is in the playoff round today at the Dell Match Play Championships in Austin, Texas. Round of 16, it's Tiger and Rory McIlroy. How's that for star power? Tiger was up two up at the turn, but on the 10th, ooh, Rory misses the short one. So now he's three down, but Rory makes a move, won the 12th hole, and then on 13, short birdie putt gets him to within one, 17th. Tiger has a chance to seal the match. And he does with the 13-footer, so he advances on to the quarterfinals, taking down Rory McIlroy, two and one. So Tiger's quarterfinal opponent, unheralded Danish player Lucas Beregard, 27 years old. Beregard knocked off Henrik Stenson earlier in the day, but Tiger played well early. Tee shot at the par three to a few feet. Would take a two-up lead through five holes. Here's a cute moment. Walking to the green. Tiger walks by a little guy who's got a pretty good swing already. Solid drive for the toddler. I'd take it. Back to the match. Tiger one up playing 16. But the young Dane. This is for Eagle. And he knocks it down to square the match. So still tied at 18. Tiger needs a four-footer to extend it to a playoff. He never misses these except this time. And just like that, Tiger's done. Lucas Berrigard advances to the semis versus Matt Kuchar. Francesco Molinari and Kevin Kissner meet in the other semi. Curling now, the World Men's Championships from Lethbridge, Alberta, just two hours drive south for Calgary's Kevin Cooey, representing Canada. Second end, Canada gets off to the good start. Open draw for three. 3-1 Canada lead, but the Koreans are a pretty good curling nation right now. This uh, went to extra ends, but with the hammer, Canada did a good job of keeping the house clear. A wide open hit for the win, and Canada beats South Korea 6-5 in its world curling opener. Baseball today, the Big Maple, James Paxton of Ladner getting his first start as a New York Yankee. Traded there from Seattle over this winter. Paxton pumped to be playing for such a storied franchise. Strikes out the side in the fifth. Yankees led 1-0, but in the sixth, the Yankees' defense will let Paxton down. 
as uh, the throwing error by the catcher led to a run. 2-1 Orioles lead. Paxton, 5 Ks, one earned run over five and two-thirds. Yanks were down 5-1 in the ninth. And the former Blue Jay, Troy Tulowitzki, with his first homer as a Yankee. But uh, Paxton, the hard luck loser, 5-3 the final. Blue Jays and Tigers from Rogers Center. Bottom of the fourth, 1-0 Jays. Justin Smoke drills one to left. It's a two-run homer. That's the first home run of the season for the Jays in their third game. They're up 3-0. Toronto's been all about pitching so far in their opening series. Aaron Sanchez went five strong today, struck out six for the second straight game. The Blues age uh, shut out the Tigers. Toronto's only given up two runs in three games so far this year. 3-0 the final as the Jays improved to 2-1. And, and NCAA March Madness, Gonzaga and Texas Tech. Winner gets a ticket to the Final Four. Second half, Vancouver-born Brandon Clark with the thunderous dunk. And the Zags were down one. Red Raiders are a scrappy team. Italian international David Moretti with the three here. And Texas Tech with the big upset knocks out Gonzaga 75-69. So the Red Raiders are going to the final four next week in Minneapolis. Great. Go. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, sort of a sports story okay, for sure. you. Okay. A California man recently had a home run with a Babe Ruth card, figuratively speaking. He bought the baseball card of the legendary player for two bucks and recently found out that it's an authenticated original 1921 card. That means it's worth somewhere between one and a half and four and a half million dollars at the auction block. Okay, a very unusual sight at a fair in Texas this week. Yes, that is a monkey riding a dog, or two monkeys riding two dogs. The race is called the Banana Derby, and not surprisingly, it is one of the most popular attractions at this year's Galveston County Fair and Rodeo. Organizers say it all started when their pet monkey, Gilligan, started riding the family dog all on his own. He chose to do that. They didn't force him. Now Gilligan travels around the U.S. showing off his unique skills. Gilligan seems to like it. Gilligan and the and other one's race. name is Skipper. I, yeah. you, no, you I can, maybe it's Ginger. Who knows? <laughs> uh, okay, we want to show you something really quickly before we go. The WWE has nothing to worry about, but wrestling fans in New West are being treated to a rather unusual spectacle this evening. This is a live shot of the city's mayor, Jonathan Cote, a.k.a. Johnny X, in the wrestling ring tonight at the Royal City Center. He's teamed up with Rish Koya, or Mr. India. They've declared themselves the Royal City Defenders and are taking on a an American pair. It is all for a good cause. We are going to have all the coverage of this, what promises to be a very intense competition tonight on Global News at 11. I wonder how many chairs will be smashed overhead in that wrestling (laughs) match. One can only guess. Quick note on the weather. Another sunny day for tomorrow, similar for Monday, and then a change will be on our Tuesday. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Have yourselves a great evening.